Hey folks, it's Adam Summer. This week on the Heartland Pod for Monday, March 27, 2023, the pro-life issue flip, Kansas and Missouri compete for draconian rules, an interesting angle on the Fox News lawsuit, and some very proud boys with sad moms stand trial. Support our shows at heartlandpod.com and click the Patreon link to sign up today. Lots to do, so let's go. Welcome back to the Heartland Pod. My name is Adam Summer, and I am your host. This is the regular Monday show, our talk and politics show with myself and my co-hosts, Rachel Parker and Sean Diller, who will join us in just a moment. Together, we bring big topics of the week with a special focus on the heartland as we bring our middle-out approach to politics and work to change the conversation. Catch all of our shows five days a week, including Dirt Road Democrat, hosted by Jess Piper on Thursdays, and our weekly roundup show, The Flyover View, with Kevin Smith every Friday for a 15-minute weekly catch-up. Support what we do by leaving a five-star rating and a review wherever you listen to the show. Follow us on social media with at the Heartland Pod, and check out heartlandpod.com and click the Patreon link to learn about becoming a member of our family of podheads and podgressives over there at heartlandpod.com, or go directly to patreon.com backslash heartlandpod to get signed up today for extra access, extra shows, and more. We have lots to get to on today's show. Uh, before we get to an opening statement and the talking politics, I do want to take a moment and remind folks it is spring election season. That tickle in your nose, that pressure in your sinuses, that's not just the pollen. No, no, it's it's the election. Spring election season is in full swing. And some places may have some early voting going on, but the bulk of it is going to happen uh, here in the next couple of weeks, at least here in Missouri. This is a very Missouri-specific announcement. Uh, I'm sure there are spring elections happening elsewhere. I know Wisconsin's is on April 4th, so I imagine there are lots that are happening in the next week or two. Uh, this right now, the week prior, this is kind of the, the time to really turn it on. Most spring elections don't have a super long campaign process. Uh, if you're in some of the school board races around uh, Wentzville, for example, that's there's that's been super hot out there, and there's uh, – a lot of folks running in that that area, the kind of Winsfield, St. Charles area. Uh, Francis Howell, I think, has a pretty hot one. So uh, now is a great time this week to get friends and family, neighbors focused on those races. Uh, start talking about them, having those conversations, and and letting folks know what direction to go. Uh, you know the the how remarkably extreme these folks are who are trying to get rid of the books. And, you know, basically destroy public schools as we know it, So, uh, if not completely. So make sure that you're talking to folks about those races and make sure you vote and, uh, you know, remind your friends and family to vote on April 4th for their local elections. It's school boards, local governments, local tax measures. All of that's going to be on your April 4th ballot. So talk it up and spread the word. I've got a quick opening statement and then we'll jump into talking politics. I saw a meme the other night. I, uh, I should have been sleeping, but I was scrolling. This meme left off the screen, and it sent me here, by which I mean writing this opening statement, typing on my phone on a Google Doc. I don't usually write this way. But this meme sparked a thought about a fundamental misunderstanding in our civic education, and that is the role, powers, and office of the president. 
You see, each president is really just a steward, a, a role of preservation of what is and has been while working prospectively to set up the next set of policies. Most of the policy shifts that occur during a presidency won't truly function right away. It takes time for policy to impact society, and some, especially financial policy, can take decades to truly take hold in a quantifiable way. As in most things, the larger the shift, the faster the impact. The U.S. economy and underlying society is a huge ship plowing through the open water. Small changes in course over time will have drastic impacts. Small changes can be imperceptible, like the proverbial frog in the pot, the water temperature raised so slowly that the frog remains until it's too late and the frog is boiling. President Trump was the equivalent of taking the ship's wheel and giving it one of those all-in, full-arm, body-included, yank-it-down, spin-it-like-you're-on-the-showcase-showdown wheel and the price is right. right. Some were afraid the ship was turning so sharply it would tip and capsize. Others became obsessed with the art on the walls, and still others were trying to save the deck chairs. What's left for the next president is a combination of all who have come prior. But when you follow the drastic and sharp turn, like one we've had recently, the impacts can take time to come to the surface. It's not to say that each president does not impact their own administration or that they can't impact their own administration. They can. But when that happens, it is most likely an executive order. EOs are fleeting, and in the last several administrations, the first order of business is the rescinding of prior executive orders, making their impacts likely temporary so anything with a long runway never has a chance to get off the ground anyway. The American presidency is temporary and built on the public trust. Like a family farm passed down generation to generation, the federal government needs attention and upkeep to function properly. One bad caretaker, one derelict steward can set back care a generation. Unfortunately for us, the people, that impact is more pronounced and more keenly felt. Now here's Talking Politics. Talking Politics. All right, welcome back to Talking Politics. This is Adam Summer. I have got Rachel Parker and Sean Diller. We have a jam-packed slate. Uh, I had a uh, Standard week is very busy. Uh, it was either raining or my allergies were going insane. One of those two things was happening all week long. Uh, I'm sure most of you, yeah, Rachel's nodding along. <laughs> Sean was just giving his Turd Ferguson grin on it. <laughs> so, uh, I think I think all have experienced that this past. I I forgot to take my allergy pill this morning, and we are moving stuff around. We're moving the the uh, Benjamin down into the basement room and. Is, you know, all these things are happening. And so, of course, there's just, you know, dust and life is all up in the air. And and uh, about four o'clock, I just was sat down and was like, I'm dying, you know. <laughs> I just I was like, oh, right. So I sprayed some Flonase up there and took an allergy pill. And <laughs> I think we're back just, on track. Just took the, uh, what's the generic um, Claritin? I have yeah, Florida exactly. I just like, I just like... I just freebase it. I'm just like, I'm just going to smoke some. Yeah. Just get in the bloodstream as quickly as possible. Uh, that's like, the, I read the, the you know, use directions on Flonays once, and I was like, well, I'm not following those. Yeah. How about this? <laughs> take, I live in Missouri. Take that shit as needed. Yeah. I, yeah. 
I learned twelve hours. That was like no. I'm it's like I want to get right one of those. Now. You know those uh, those uh, like restaurant air fresheners that automatically, you know, every half hour, an hour, or whatever. Can Hell I just yeah, get one yeah, of those? Yeah. Planted under my nose yes. for allergy season you when can, a flown yes. is just every forty five minutes. Can. That's that's all I'm looking for in life. <laughs> like Rachel Parker, is that what that's called? Yeah, cannula. cannula. Yeah, yeah, cannula. A <laughs> cannula. Yeah, I'd be up. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Seriously, I like uh, it. Rage Parker, how about you? How was the week? And uh, which oh, I'm sipping on water because yeah, yeah. I see. I'm just gonna say I'm sipping on water for the same kind of yeah reason. Uh, you know, like as as our lovely, amazing, just badass. I, we love you all so much, listeners. Know I've been having a rough, just a stressful time. I'm okay. I'm I'm like I'm I'm battling through it, but like. I'm just dealing with a, I just have a very full plate, a very full plate. And, um, this week was, uh, a little chaotic. And so I feel a little bit, uh, uh, a little, uh, wound up, I guess. Is that the right? Just kind of being like, everything's just very, I'm a little sensitive to everything. So instead of talking about that, I'm going to make a call back to last week's episode and tell this thing that Ellie did, which is one of the funniest damn things that's ever happened in my life. So we're watching this TV show. And it's a beautifully, re- I won't say what it is because I don't want to give any spoilers, uh, beautifully recreated uh, uh, crime drama from the UK, horrible crime, notorious national kind of news story. It happened in the mid 80s. And during the trial, someone mentions that uh, one of the people who was murdered maybe possibly punched a hole through a window once. That line happened. And it's this tense, tense, tense moment. And Elliot and I are like, religious about not interrupting good television we'll right, talk all right. the way through crappy television but good television good movies like we are buttoned up like don't say anything that's like that's like church for us like right. don't interrupt so in the middle of this incredible again like beautifully crafted well-acted sensitive artistically brilliant thing we're watching he says after this line of well your honor i believe she punched a hole in the window <laughs> elliot was like oh like Mary Ann Williamson. And in the moment, it was the, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Because <laughs> it was so it was so massively inappropriate. And I, he said at first, I, I didn't really understand him. And then I looked at him and I was like, nope, that's what he said. And I almost like pissed. That's I just hilarious. laughed so hard and so long. It was amazing. Yeah. Like he, like so, he had an actual uh, I have a reflex. fantastic... <laughs> like he probably didn't even mean to say it like it's just oh like man like <laughs> kind of, he's like he also was like i know this is gonna be really funny but we don't interrupt shows yeah i'm just gonna go for it and like i looked over at him and he had like you guys know him well enough to kind of imagine yeah, like the kind of like grin. prankster look he'd get on his yeah 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 and i looked over and saw that and i was he's like got a little bit of a tim curry oh yeah yeah, yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we both just fell out. And it was just one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. I don't even know what else to say. It was fantastic. Awesome. I felt so seen. Uh yeah. So I I uh, I had a little gummy earlier this afternoon, took a lovely walk. Oh my god, the springtime. I hear you on the allergies, Adam. I've been gobbling stuff uh for weeks. This week is a little better, but I don't even wait. I'm just like, was that is that a slight sinus headache? I don't know. I just like dumped the decongestants and the claritin down there. Yep. And so I, I too am sipping on water and I'm excited about the uh, uh, last season of Succession. Yes. That starts tonight. I'm pretty yes. pumped about that. Yes. Very pretty excited. excited. Sean Diller, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. Thanks so much. 
today was a crazy first. So I took my almost five-year-old Callie to this indoor ski school that's like eight minutes from our house. It's called the Shredder Ski School or something like that. $15. And she strapped on skis and boots for the first time ever, slid down this carpet hill for like 45 minutes. And uh, it was amazing. She was fearless. She like... She was wanting me to like get out of the way. Don't say anything. Don't touch her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just let me go. Yeah. Is she, is she one of those? Is she one of those children that like if it's it, like downhill and fast right. again? Like is yeah. she one of those children? Well, I never oh, know. Good luck, sir. Good yeah, luck. Yeah, she's not like always a daredevil, but like you right. know, she's not timid. Uh, she's kind of timid around people, but yeah, no, she's, she goes for it. Um, so that was very cool. And now she's, uh, practicing her guitar upstairs with her mom. Um, cause this kid is like incredible. And, uh, anyway, I'm drinking double coffees again. I have this iced coffee and then the warm version of the same coffee. <laughs> I have to know what is it about? I've never asked you this and I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity to what is it about? the double fisting do you just do you do, is it just that you know you need two and you're trying to like give yourself some variety like you know why the two temperatures <laughs> as you the started, same thing as you started asking me that i started to realize it's because i'm just an addict it's like you know <laughs> when an alcoholic kind of you know sees the future where they're like how am i going to get alcohol if i like go to a, a hospital sure. or like you know <laughs> a long uh train ride um that's how I feel about these shows yeah. and coffee. <laughs> so. You know you're gonna want it at some point, so you might as well just have it ready right. to go. And I won't yeah. be so able you just to have the two different tip if it's not right in front of me. <laughs> right, right, right. No, it's I understand that I'm not questioning the amount, it's the temperature differences. It's the why does one have oh. to be on ice and why is the other one? I think well, yeah, I don't know. I think this one just seems a little more uh <laughs> hopeful and buoyant you're and holding not as up the, he's holding up the iced coffee. Yeah. Okay. It seems okay. like energetic. I get and, it. Yeah. So, so okay. it's like you have okay. a nice coffee with like a Luke, like a Luke coffee chaser, sort of. Right. 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 And I'll switch switch back and I forth. Get like with I don't that. have water, it's... but if, if I get thirsty during this, you know, sure. I'll go for the ice coffee. <laughs> All right. All I'm right. so worried about your kidneys. We'll talk about this later. Mm, yeah, that's <laughs> no, probably true. Well, let's uh, let's jump in here. Uh, we've got a we've got a yeah yeah yeah. Uh, this one is Stacey Abrams related. So, uh, she got a, she's got a new job. Rachel, you, you pulled this up for us. Why don't you tell us about Stacey Abrams, uh, new future? Yeah, there's an article in the guardian and, um, her, her mission. So she is the, uh, a senior counsel. Don't know exactly what that means for the nonprofit rewiring America, and so she's helping uh, low-income households and presumably also median medium-income households get access to tax credits so they can replace their uh, gas, like toxic gas appliances. As we all know, like we've learned that, of course, of course, gas is bad to have inside. It makes so much sense. Like it makes so much sense that burning something in the house and then inhaling it is a bad idea. Right. Um, yeah. So, and also because of the um, inv- uh, Inflation Reduction Act, uh, there's also been, there's also rebates for uh, less like 
heat pump, AC, HVAC systems, which use a lot less electricity, uh, other efficient appliances that people can, especially like, I'm probably going to take advantage of that because I have to switch out my like washer dryer and stuff soon. So she's going, she's basically making sure that communities know where this pile of money is that they can have access to. Um, and she understands that if people don't advocate for low-income people, eventually these pots of money expire. They all do. At some point, like if they're not renewed or whatever, if the program or the program's just funded up to a point and then it's done. Um, and if there's money left in the fund, well, too bad, right? So she's... Um, yeah. Uh, I always love that she says you have to, one of the things that I've heard her say many times, I've probably heard her interviewed, I don't know, five or six times, which for Stacey Abrams is admittedly like a pretty low number because she's just so like everywhere in a good way. Um, I love that she always says that you have to meet people where they are. And so this is like bringing these uh, assets to people, like literally in their, like figuring out how to find them in their homes and connect with them and making sure that they understand how they can access um resources so they can improve their uh quality of life and probably their home values and reduce their prop energy bills and yeah you know if you get a heat pump ace hvac your gas bill's gone your yeah. heating bill is gone it just it just completely it's it, it's it's kind of insane how efficient those things are but they're expensive so yeah, yeah the are. more they're in circulation the less expensive it will get just like solar panels so i think all of this and then of course there's still money for solar panels so right. if you get a heat pump a hvac and there's a uh, uh, a, a solar uh, energy program in your community. You can use solar panels to then further reduce the cost of your electric bill. Yeah. So, uh, bravo, bravo, Stacy. Just good, just good work. Just being a good person. Just kicking ass. Yeah, and it's it's the you know the part of this that is important to highlight. And uh, Sean, you can wrap us up on this issue with this. So the reason she's able to do this, the reason this group is able to exist and do this work is that they are directly coming out of the Inflation Reduction Act. This is money that is coming from the Inflation Reduction Act. And it says that they hope that this work is going to make the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, a kitchen table issue. So Sean, you like, is this something that you're, you're going to be looking for, not just Stacey Abrams in Georgia doing this, but that this is something that, you know, is this you expect this like a no pun intended a pilot program uh that that may take off here yeah yeah it's i mean i would hope so because the need to reduce carbon emissions is not going away anytime soon right. and the need to talk to folks face to face and let them know about the opportunities um you know is also not going away and just like you said Rachel you know meeting folks where they are like i get people knocking on my door all the time, like sales people for solar panels who want to, you know, hook me up with a nice 8.99% loan. Right. Um, to, to finance this stuff. And like, it's a, you know, profit seeking endeavor. And so, um, you know, the idea of an alternative sort of, uh, intermediary or representative for folks who can, you know, speak on behalf of, uh, you know, the government, the federal American government and the Inflation Reduction Act specifically, I think will definitely have an impact. You know, it's a slow, slow thing of like converting good work like the Affordable Care Act into votes for the Democratic right. Party or for anybody. You know, it's right. very slow. Um, but, you know, not it's not cynical at all. I mean, you have to keep delivering for people. It's about delivering for people, making a difference and making good on the promises. And so... I think it's awesome. And I think it's also really great that it's a national organization. Right. Um, 
you know, Georgia is going to continue to be a swing state and there's going to be a ton of crazy chaos and wild politics happening in Georgia for the rest of our lives, I think. Um, and so if I were Stacey Abrams, you know, I'd look for a job where I can kind of come and go as I please from Georgia yeah. <laughs> and well, get involved in something that's national. And I think, and this is something we, and I'll just, I'll, and I'll shut up about this because I think uh, it's a cool story, but um, one of the things that we talk about a lot are issues of like continuity and connective tissue, right? right? Where does the continuity come from in states where um, <clears throat> mono parties exist to basically stabilize and hobble the success of government? Like that's their main focus. That's their main, and George has been in that position for a long time, certainly. Uh, Missouri, a bunch of other states are similar. So the fact that she understands that right the depth right. like the what whatever you want to call it whatever you want to call like the left everybody who's just slightly to the left of center all the way to the left like we need national leaders in all forms beyond yeah. just elected officials and we need people that connect those programs to human beings and right. when you live in places like missouri and georgia their intent is to make sure that you can't they don't right. want you to know about these programs because they want to make them unsuccessful period so I think that as long as she is one of those people who is leading the way and what that looks like in terms of leadership and in terms of um, like community activism and things like a community organization, um, I am 100% here for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on. True or false. Okay, the true or false uh, is, is a Missouri-focused one. Um, but I think that this is another one of those times where the stories are coming out of Missouri, but you can probably plop these down in a lot of places uh, and they would uh, still be the same. Uh, so the, the, the true or false is this. With abortion effectively outlawed, the failure of the pro-life party's agenda is now a political cudgel for 2024. So here are some some things that are percolating uh, right now in Missouri, we have this is uh, actually all three of these are stories out of the Missouri Independent uh, from different days that highlighted these issues. Uh, Missourians with developmental disabilities languish in hospitals, jails, and shelters. This is a story by Rudy Keller from last week. Uh, there is a drastic shortage of funding and coverage uh, for folks in Missouri who are in need of care that is less than. So, for example, with my daughter, uh, Clara, uh, she has a severe enough special need. Her care is going to be consistent, constant, 24-7 type care. It's more of a nursing care. That's not what this is about. This is about folks who perhaps they are on the autism spectrum. Um, they can hold a job, maybe a part-time job, maybe even a full-time job. Um, but if they were, you know, they're under some type of guardianship or conservatorship where they can't really handle their money. They can't really always make the right decisions. Healthcare, you know, they don't. They wouldn't go to the doctor, but for somebody putting them in the car and taking them to the doctor, that that kind of an individual, that those folks are falling through the cracks left and right because there's not enough money. And the Missouri House was working on revisions to the state budget uh, for Mike Parson. Uh, there have been massive cuts. And it sure looks like there's going to be a continuation with staff shortages and just simply not enough money to make this problem go away. And one of the biggest reasons I can tell you is that 
you know, if you're talking about who works in these types of settings, who's taking care of these folks, they're not getting paid very much money. And they're dealing with sometimes, you know, you could have four adults in a group home setting where there's a couple of staff members and you've got somebody getting paid 15, 16, $17 an hour dealing with this adult who is now becoming violent or is, you know, having whatever an outburst or there's a, you know, a clash between two folks in the house, whatever it is. And it can be very hard. It can be very frustrating. Uh, I've, I've seen this stuff firsthand. Uh, so that's, that's, that's happening. There is a nursing home worker shortage to go along with that. Uh, so we have unsafe conditions in nursing homes, unsafe conditions for those with special needs. And then we have uh, a lawsuit targeting the abortion pill itself uh, that, you know, you just sort of stack all these things up and, and that's where we're at right now. Sean, what do you think uh, these types of issues, nursing home issues, uh, lack of care issues, uh, and, and, you know, aggressive attacks on pretty common health, right? This is a, the, the abortion pill. We're talking about a 20 year plus FDA approved medicine that has been over the counter for, you know, huge, huge amount of time. Do you think that this stuff is a political cudgel for 2024? Do you think it's useful or not? Yeah. So I think that when it comes to abortion, yes. When it comes to other, you know, historically marginalized and, you know, consistently marginalized populations, um, I think less, less so. Um, And uh, really, I'm just, you know, thinking that politically, you know, the idea of using that as an argument to hold Republicans accountable or the party in power, you know, depending on where you're at, um, you know, it just uh, it might be a little too attenuated from like electoral politics. Mm -hmm. There's this old saying, I've tried to look up the first person who said it a million times and I can't even find it. But the idea that in politics, there's always enough hypocrisy to go around. Mm, (laughs) And uh, a lot of people have probably heard that. Yeah. And every time I try to look up who said it first, I just find, you know, use after use after use of the phrase, um, because it's so true when it comes to politics. But, you know, in terms of using uh, the Republicans anti-abortion crusade as a cudgel, yes, I think that is absolutely going to continue happening. And especially in red states, because it's a wedge issue on the Republican side. Like, yeah. if you ask everyone who identifies as Republican or Republican-leaning independent in a state like Missouri, whether they think that women should be able to continue to access the abortion pill that has been on the market for over 20 years and approved as safe and effective by the FDA as one of the only ways to even get an abortion that's left legal— and you ask folks, you know, do you think that should be taken away? Then you're going to see a split. I don't know what it is exactly among Republicans, but they're not all on the same page about this crazy ass anti-abortion stuff. And, you know, I went ahead and looked through some elections to, you know, get my, get my arms wrapped around it. Cause we're going into, in 2024, Josh Hawley is going to be on the ballot again. Yeah. And this is a guy who has, an approval rating around 47% in a super red state, you know, a place where Trump won by 18 points. Josh Hawley is not at 50% when it comes to his approval. In his 2018 election against Claire McCaskill, 
he got 51.4% of the vote and came out of that, you know, where I think, you know, Claire being an establishment figure and, you know, loyal Trumpsters in Missouri wanting to kick her out and, you know, send this fire, this bomb thrower to the Senate. I think he benefited from that a lot. Um, but then when you go back to 2016 and like how Democrats have performed in Missouri in these Senate races, it's not actually so crazy. Obviously, spoiler alert, the worst in our lifetimes has been Trudy Bush. Valentine. Trudy Bush Valentine. Yeah. Awful. Not even close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't even close. Eight, 872,000 votes. Uh, she didn't, Could, crack, yeah, didn't, even, didn't crack a million. Didn't even fucking yep. crack a million. Unbelievable. Yeah. She lost by 13 points. Yeah. Um, and then Claire lost by six to Josh Hawley. Jason Kander only lost by 2.8. Yeah. Yeah. Points. Two eight, yeah. Yeah. Against Blunt. And so to bring this around, sorry. So like, I've been trying to look at like, you know, registration numbers. We know a ton of women registered to vote after the Dobbs case, because this, this, I, this, issue of being able to access abortion is way more real than it ever has been before. And, you know, it's become a political issue and not just an academic issue for a ton of people. And so I was trying to figure out if that had kind of depressed turnout, even in a super red state. So Eric Schmidt got 1,146,900 votes, 1.1 million. That is less than Obama one in Missouri 11 years ago in 2012. Yeah. yeah. Barack Obama got 1.2 million votes. And, you know, the idea, and this is also, he got, you know, he got less votes than Josh Hawley. He got less votes than Blunt. He got less votes than basically everyone on my list here, except for Trudy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he did That's get kind more of, votes that from was Todd kind of like the Hil- That was kind of like the Hillary Trump of Missouri bet. Like everybody was just yeah. like, I don't really. Oh but just God. To, okay. Just to finish like, it off this thought. So yeah, like yeah. the last time the Democrats won a Senate race in Missouri, it was about abortion. Todd Akin in 2012 That's only right. got 39% of the vote. And yeah. it's because of that quote of his, obviously, you know, when it's a legitimate, a legitimate rape, rape, the body yeah. has a way to shut that whole thing down. And so I think a lot of people were like, this guy could be my United States Senator. And so, you know, they didn't come out to vote for him. He got, 400,000 fewer votes than Mitt Romney in that election, 400,000 fewer votes. And so Mitt Romney and Todd Akin agree on everything about abortion. probably. So, you know, I don't know. It's something fun to think about. I'd love to see the Democrats win a statewide race in Missouri about abortion again. Um, And so I'm going to say true. Yes. Rachel. I mean, if Sean says true, I'm going to say true. Um, I don't I agree with Sean that like you can't ever roll up on a pro-lifer and say the the party is not pro-life. You you just have one version of life, one definition of it, and and the Republican Party doesn't give a fuck about poor people. Like right. seriously. I say that to people. I say it like that. I say it in those terms. I say it because I know it offends people because I think that what they do to people is objectively terrible. And the Missouri Republican Party is draining coffers. They want to vote on another tax cut. Um, we're headed to the, the way biggest of in Missouri's Kansas. history. We just passed yeah. one of those a year ago. Yeah. We're going to do it again. Yeah. And you know, they're so busy gutting public funding. They're so busy cutting funding for schools. They're so busy, busy, but like, does anyone, it does, it just seems like the exurban Republican base 
which I still contend is the biggest problem in Missouri. Rural, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course, rural voters vote Republican, but I think the bigger problem is mostly exurban voters who are playing uh, cowboy, right, with their fake pickup trucks and all that Trumpy shit, right? Yeah, which I am now going to start calling the Yellowstone vote. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, I like that. It's the Midwest vote. It's more Midwest though. Well, and it's, um, it's the, but it's the cosplay. It's the the show yes, Yellowstone. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely correct. That is yeah, absolutely it's this right. It's cowboy right. cosplay yes. where it's like, oh, well, if I wear that's a hat right. and stuff, and then... and so they have they still believe in this like Rand I and Randian like well that you just got to take care of yourself, man. Like yeah. oh, you like you'd survive. Right. Really? Okay. Right. You went to st- you went to a state school. Calm down. Um, so anyway, not, not to dig on anybody on state school, state schools are fine, but like these people are like, I, I did it for myself. And you're like, no, no, you you really didn't do anything. So that, that group of people can't be persuaded. Right. But I agree with Sean that, um, nothing wakes a sleeping giant. Like when you take something as fundamental away from them is the ability to terminate a pregnancy or receive medical care that they need. So they don't have to carry a a non-viable pregnancy to term right they don't have to sit around and wait for a horrifying potentially life-threatening miscarriage right right right. i think the message is out so i don't think that we have yet seen the sleeping giant that has been awoken i don't think it's quite there yet the midterms were just a i think personally a glimmer of pixie dust compared to what we're going to see as we get closer and closer and closer and closer um to november 2024 and I love Sean's analysis. Nothing makes me happier than when Sean whips up um, old voting numbers, especially about Senate races in Missouri, because that fascinates me. Um, and I think that Josh Howley, I will say this ab- about the true or false, right? Because I'm going to keep it local. He was the anti-establishment candidate back then, even though he was the attorney general. Go figure. Um, he was the most powerful law enforcement officer in the state, but he still got to pretend like he was an outsider. Yeah. And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm not a ladder. Well, he has no shame. No so that helps. This. Correct. Right. But I think one of the things that really threw him over the top was that every single establishment Republican in Missouri was like, he's the one. He's our guy. Like, you could hear them singing when he, like, made stump speeches and then with danforth's help here comes trump and sean hannity to do a a stump speech in uh cape Cape right down in uh yeah down in down in southeast missouri so that was like the 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 wrapping on the package he got the anoint and i don't think uh that that it's going to be as, as easy for him now so all they have to do is show the fist, show him running, and and show all of the ridiculous, inane, obnoxiously ignorant, like like you said, Adam, cynically craven, yeah, uh, morally objectionable, shameless stuff he said about like women and getting raped, and I think he has said like his his honorarium Santorum because I still say he's the Santorum of Missouri, um, that you know if you're I think I think Josh is one of the ones I can't don't quote I don't I may be wrong. But I believe that he is one of the ones who has said that rapes, if you get pregnant from rape, it's a blessing. I think he's one of those. Vicki oh, Hartzler wow. was. Vicki said that. She was like, well, that's the Lord's way of rewarding you for something horrible. Like, Yeah, he might so, be more artful about it, but he will. the way he will phrase it will mean that. Right. So they're just going to, they're just going to like, you know, if as long as someone who isn't as incompetent as Trudy Bush Valentine was runs for Senate, they're just going to be able to like dig those up and just put them on 
flyers yeah. and just send them to people and they're going to be like yeah so i like your i like the way you frame this argument though Ed, it was interesting thank you it was fun thank you yeah it, it is truly impressive when you look at the numbers because going into the senate race in missouri 1.2 is kind of a, a thresholdy number it's like you that's the viable number one three is like you win one two is you're competitive anything under 1.2 you should lose Eric Schmidt would have lost like every other Senate race in Missouri for like 25 years with the numbers that he had. And he, and he boat raced her with, with a horrible and uh, I, turnout. And if he, and if he, and I'm going to say this now, if he doesn't pivot to the center a little bit, if he doesn't get out yeah, of the stupid dumb anti COVID Trump lane, he's going to be a one-term Senator. Cause he's so unappealing. He's just yeah. such a dork. He's such a big dork. <laughs> he's kind of a dork. All right, let's, let's move on here. Yeah, no. Yeah. Hi, uh, the yeah, no. Uh, we're we're again local, but we're we're broadening out a little bit. We're gonna bring Kansas into the mix here. Uh, Missouri and Kansas are both uh, competing. They are trying to figure out who can pass the most draconian rules and how quickly they can do it, and how extremely stupid it can sound while they're doing it. Uh, in Kansas, they're now pushing what's being called the born alive pill. So that's a thing. And then uh, in Missouri this past week, uh, the attorney general announced emergency rules to stop uh, hospitals from having gender affirming care, which of course got him back on the television where he is trying to be. Uh, Of note is that uh, Missouri lawyer and one of, I think, the smartest lawyers in the state of Missouri, if not the smartest, Chuck Hatfield, who is often seen around Missouri political issues, made a point of tweeting that emergency rules typically uh, only are used in extreme times, uh, not not just because. Uh, so probably not going to uh, uh, hold up necessarily, but we, we'll see. Um, it's just... It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, and it's happening left and right. It, I, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know why they're trying to do it this way other than to outdo one another, basically, to prove to themselves so they can continue posting memes about how conservative they are. Sean, like, is it that simple now that it's just the, the race to the bottom of whatever the bottom of conservatism modern, you know, yeah. style is? That, that's no, what's I going think- on? I mean, day to day, I think that's the only metric that they can use. They look at their Twitter and they see if they're getting retweeted by like, you know, I don't know, uh, Kaylee Co- McEnany or something. Right. <laughs> Corey, Corey DeAngelis, if you're going for the school choice. Yeah, thing. like Candace Owens, Jack Pobosiek right. or some guy, the Pizzagate yeah. guy has appeared in a bunch of articles recently. And uh, maybe a slap a like from Charlie Kirk on there. Having a good right. day. Yeah, I think that is what it's about. Um, yeah, and nothing else. I, it's frustrating to watch because it's like, it's not about helping anybody because obviously like, you know, you have to believe kind of in the Pizzagate idea to be afraid of gender affirming care for minors because it's like, it's not like they're being kidnapped and like taken there against their will. Right. It's like they're having suicidal thoughts because of, they're, they feel like they're the wrong gender and they talk to their parents about it over months and years. And then they talk to doctors about it, which is where I always go back on abortion and this. It's like, 
we don't even have to think about how we feel about some of the stuff, like not understanding the science behind puberty blockers. Like what's Joe Schmo's opinion about whether a 16 year old with the consent and support of their parents can, and their doctor can get puberty blockers. I guess that may be too old for puberty blockers, but 13 year old, 14 year old, the parents and the doctors are always part of it. Right. And our opinions about it, you know, I think are pretty irrelevant. Right. Um, it's really frustrating, you know, like they're not trying to take care of anybody. They're just trying to take care of themselves, these politicians, yeah. and it doesn't matter who they hurt at all. And it is, they do seem to refer to it like it's the equivalent of, you know, getting a burrito at the gas station. Like you just impulsively do it, uh, you know, without second thought. And the, then you deal with the consequences and it's like, no, it's not, it's not what it is at all. Rachel, anything uh, to add here? Um, I'm going to go back to this. I mean, it is like the ultimate, uh, like you could kind of just sort of like wave your hand across all of the Republican controlled Midwest right now. And all of, <laughs> yeah, of these no. things kind of have the same vibe. Like, there's similar things going on in Ohio. Um, it feels like, I know it's not explicitly called this, but it feels like when we talked about um, the shock and awe religious campaign crusade that was just going to carpet bomb state legislatures with um, uh, just ridiculous bills like this. Like we knew this was coming yeah. as soon as it was kind of what, I can't remember what it was called now, Operation Project something. Blitz. Project, Project Blitz. Thank you very much. Which was kind of they were, like once they were discovered, they're like, okay, we got to call something else. But that's what this is. It's basically just like it is just inundating people with horror, like actual horror, with the hopes that they can sneak in tax cuts and sneak in like closing down public schools and sneak in because Kansas is really aggressively moving towards, um, you know, sort of state sanctioned school choice. Like they're very state Kansas could potentially. Uh, ultimately passed one of the most, uh, I'll say, horrifying um, uh, voucher programs uh, maybe in the history of the country. I mean, like like, like Florida shit, like it's bananas. Yeah, I think um, they I estimated like $135 million would go to private schools if right. Kansas passes this. Right. So, from so, public so, schools, so obviously. Those, from public schools, so, to, you know, private schools can hire their own teachers. They and don't a lot of it be... is for kids who are already in private school. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So it's just re it's reimbursing people for the thing they're already doing. Anyway, so that's going on over there. So I think that is like the real deal. That's like the real goal. But in the meantime, the um, party will let the lunatics off the leash like this guy in Kansas. Representative Ron Bryce yeah. believes that doctors, this is the born alive bill. So he believes that abortion might lead to a birth of a live baby that's then killed yeah i'm like that's not an abortion that's a that's a murder, you a murder. Yeah. but i but i suppose if you already think that an abortion is murder then to you it's just all murder you're just like using so i don't understand exactly what they think this means and like even the like the american college of OBGYNs, they're like uh, it doesn't make any sense like this is this is not even a real thing like this is just absolute fake science and stuff um but they're debating it they're debating it so i i i'll i like the way that sean kind of you guys just sort of like kept the lens really wide and i'll kind of do the same thing that one of the things that i assumed was going to happen when abortion was outlawed is that they were going to suddenly not have the beachhead they have gained for they being the like especially state parties especially state republican parties 
um, they've built this beachhead for 50 years called, well, we're not murderers, you know? Right. Like, that's all they said. That's all they had to say. They didn't have to say anything else. And so now they have to, they don't have, but how do you get more extreme than that? And so that's what this looks like. I think they're still trying to sort of like talk to their religious base and they don't have another thing to talk about. So they're attacking trans kids and they're trying to make abortion illegaler. And um, that it's going to get worse. It's yeah. just going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's all dribble. Um, it's not good. It's really scary, actually. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, there are people who I'm seeing more of it, folks who are trying to get out. They're they're looking for ways out. They're they're going to drive people away from these states and they'll they'll say, fine, let the let let the libtards run. Let the lefties, you know, all yeah, and all, I, all and leave, I think like but... we have to be I have to be I have to be realistic. It's not that people are going to leave. It's the people aren't going to come. But if there's enough momentum in a career that you can only have, I mean, they're, the, the geospatial center that they're building in St. Louis is going to pull in a lot of people. Um, I do think that like there isn't, if you, if you can, if you, if you get a good job in St. Louis or Kansas city and you're young and you want to buy a house and build it, you're moving here, right? You're going to move here, but are you going to come to college here? Are you, you know, like, I think that's yeah, kind that's of a the, big deal. the issue. And um, we're not going to attract younger people, but I think that if you're a draconian dark money kind of like, I just want to, we'll talk about, um, we're going to talk about KFOs a little bit later this week, but um, if you just want to be able to just do whatever you want in a state like Missouri that doesn't have any income tax and doesn't have any rules, it just, if you're a hedge fund or something and you want to invest in any thing like we'll just we'll, we'll you know we'll just we'll invest in a hog farm in missouri or something right and we won't pay any income tax on it well you know it'll it'll look at our portfolio and we don't want to have to worry about where they should or like that these you know pesky unions are gonna demand fair wages and good working conditions for our workers and stuff like missouri is an experiment and there's a bunch of them and um i don't know that people are gonna leave in droves but i think that uh, that that is part of the plan is to make it unattractive for people to um to to come here for yeah. sure. All right, well, let's move on. All right, the buy or sell. Uh, this comes directly out of an opinion piece. Uh, this was a Guardian article uh, as I was just doing my scrolling this week and uh, came across this one i thought it was really interesting and a, a good topic of discussion so the the article itself uh, by sam levine uh from wilmington it's a, it's just an opinion it's an oppo uh why dominion is already the winner of the 1.6 billion dollar lawsuit against fox news and it goes on to lay out you know essentially that whether or not Dominion wins the lawsuit has become irrelevant because of the amount of attention that it's gotten, the level of public scrutiny, and what it's already done to Fox, what it's already done with showing, you know, we've got the Murdoch deposition we've talked about, the text message we've talked about on here, and that it is uh, going to continue. There's going to be more stuff like this. And one, one of the lines in this piece says, Fox's defamation defenses while potentially legally potent, will not wipe out what has already been revealed. Sean, what do you think here? 
It's super interesting. Great question. Um, I was just looking up some ratings numbers while you were mm. kicking that off because um, Tucker has been at the top of the ratings for years. And it looks like he still is, but it also looks like he might have lost, you know, 100,000 viewers or so. Um, huh. I don't know what the average will be. Um I did see but, that yeah. uh, Jen Jen Saki's uh, new show got quite had quite a good showing to start. Oh, uh, that's cool. On MSNBC. Yeah, but I mean, it's super. It's so funny because like the idea behind Fox News in the beginning was like this fair and balanced thing, and right. then it was like we report, we report you decide. You decide. Or, yeah, uh, and then it kind of became this. You know, it was the megaphone of the Republican Party, and then it became the megaphone of Trump. And then we had this thing happen where it's still the megaphone of Trump, but all these texts came out where, like, the personalities on the shows have said that, you know, basically they don't believe in the fantasy. Right. Um, so, like, what does that mean? You know, I don't, you know, Fox has made an out. Uh, an outrageous amount of money since they came online, you know, 20 something years ago, they're not nearly as old as CNN. Um, and they've just made a huge amount of money. So, you know, I don't know, this case uh, is not something I get super excited about. I feel like, you know, it's weird. It would be super weird to work at Fox right now, <laughs> but like beyond that, uh, I don't, I don't have any idea what the hell's going on. I imagine it would be quite weird. Uh, Rachel, what do you think? <laughs> Probably would have been weird anytime, but yeah. Um, so I listened to a ringer podcast called the town, Matt Bellany, uh, who is a veteran media and entertainment journalist. He's one yeah. of the co-founders of Buck. Um, and I don't listen to him. Uh, I don't think I listen to every episode. I certainly don't, but I, I like, I like dipping in and, and hearing about the, the media biz. Um, and he, said a version of this um when the like basically when the judge was like the suit may proceed you know when that yeah, when that yeah. happened um so uh he said he thinks this is this is the uh the hatchet has fallen and you know you're right that you know it will be difficult it's still a more of an uphill battle than people think for dominion to be successful um but it says a lot that they haven't given up. We talked about that. We were like, we really hope they take this all the way to the end because if they keep dragging Fox through a courtroom after courtroom after courtroom after courtroom, and we have yep. to have testimony, if people are if people are asked to testify, um, you know, I think Rupert Murdoch ruined his brand. Um, I, I'm not saying this. I'm quoting people who know way more about the 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 nuance of this story than I do. But uh, there's still probably enough, like, you know, adult undergarment and erectile dysfunction and um, uh, home health aid ads to go around to keep. I'm not being cynical. And that's my like, pillow. And yeah, there's probably enough of that to go around to keep Tucker in a, a nice New York penthouse for a yeah. little while longer. But like, they're definitely not bringing in new viewers. They're definitely not bringing in younger viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're there's like the just more choice in the world of yeah they're like there's so much choice now in the world of, of far right uh right. lunacy uh you don't have to just go to fox news but i think like the longer this plays out 
um dominion will destroy the reputation i think that if this is the, if this is what we're discussing yeah. i agree You're buying it yeah i agree yes i'm buying it i'm buying the i but i the minute that i saw rupert's deposition i was like you dumb old man yeah. oh my god you just sunk your own battleship uh uh i think he got married again too i think he got another wife which is just like what you sure. lizard like someone else married you um i hope cherry hall uh did well in that divorce <laughs> i hope she's living somewhere comfortably that's all i have to say i do um, like uh, yeah i'm I... looking forward to oh go ahead go, go ahead. ahead sorry Oh, no, I was just going to say that I'm looking forward to watching the, the couple of days where, you know, like just imagine Fox News is like a person who's being dragged by a horse and like their foot is in the stirrup and they can't get out. And the horse is just terrified and just like taking off and just running Yeah, and that like awesome 48 to 72 hour media cycle where Fox News is the person being dragged by the horse. Oh, I'm going to love that's going to happen like three or four times, I bet in like this kind of immediate sense and in, in this now moment that we are all experiencing, it's going to happen. And I am going to sit in front of all of my screens with ice cream and just be like, I have been waiting 25 years for this moment. Now that's one of the more sinister ways to kill somebody from my Western viewing. Uh, so. Well, also like, also it's like there, you know, what you, we, we have like in this metaphor is someone who's just like high in the saddle, right? Like that's another expression. I'm riding high in the saddle, like everything's fine. Yeah. And then something spooks the horse. And like, of course, in my mind, uh, Fox News is a terrible horseman, just like Dick Cheney's a terrible shot. That's a deep cut. <laughs> anyway, um, and then the horse just like zoom, just just takes off. And this hapless schmuck who does has no business being on the back of a horse is just suddenly being dragged through this awful <laughs> desert of underbrush and chaparral and uh choya cactus and all these awful things and that i'm going to sit in front of the television and i'm just going to eat it with a spoon the whole time i do like gross. sean's point there though that like they're not changing what they're doing um and they then they did you know they did go from like we're a news organization to we might be a news organization to like they've basically taken on the the uh the south park uh they were making fun of the movie trailers it's like the adam sandler jim carrey movies it's like jim carrey is mr pepper's penguins whatever you'll buy you'll come and see it <laughs> like, you know. but i do i do want to hear what sean has to say to this so this is my like snake eating its own tail question about fox news so fox news cozied up to trump loving on trump trump's like the best you guys he's like the best we love him and trump's like awesome and he's gonna do this stuff for china and he's amazing and we love him and he lost the election we're calling arizona and then trump became he became their enemy right now well, trump's fox the one who slapped the fox horse on the ass right right yeah sure totally like, yeah giddy up yeah absolutely drag yeah. away yeah, he's the one that fired he's the one that fired the shot in the air and the horse is like whoa yeah exactly um uh so now they're very like desantis -y. like desantis he's great isn't he great isn't that yeah. like isn't that like mitch isn't that mitch in the cowboy booth isn't he awesome isn't he's he just fantastic so don't we today? love him and everybody's yeah. like not not really no not a whole lot no one really likes him and so the question that you have to come back to is they're going to be they're going to be like loving on desantis while trump shits all over desantis and they're going to have to thread that needle right they're yeah. going to have to like, they're going to have to just keep doing that over and over again. And I think that in concert with this trial that's going to be going on simultaneously is going to give 
it's going to give like the laziest media organizations the lowest hanging fruit in the world they need to do hit piece after hit piece after hit piece on how full of shit Fox News is. And all of that is reputational damage. So are they going to be able to attract younger talent? Um, you know, what's Tommy Lauren going to do? Where is she going to go? Oh, is she gonna go back to Fox or is she gonna hang out at OANN or whatever she's doing? Like those young um I think they have like a, a factory of them or a farm where they just like farm up these like young bottle blondes. She has like, she has no other whatever. marketable skills, so she can always just yeah. rebrand herself. Yeah. She can rebrand and just yeah. try to SE cup it. But that's but right, but that's like that's oh that's true, yeah. Good point. But like they're not going to be I don't think they're gonna be making any new talent and tucker and i are the same age i think I, he's like in his early 50s so it's not like he's like he loves to pretend like he's some young lion you know you're like dude you and i have the same neck i don't know what you're talking about like you you have very 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 shoe his hair is getting a little too shoe polished dark yeah tucker needs some low lights that's all i'm saying and before you know it tucker and his fan base are all going to be like over 60 and most advertisers are going to be like well we've we've moved on you guys so yeah. Interesting. Sean, I, that's, last a long, word on this. that's a long buy. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, we're just going to watch this shit show continue. Um, you know, it's like to finish up what I was talking about before, I guess I didn't really put a bow on it, but like they went from fair and balanced to, hey guys, let's make sure we tell these rubes exactly what they want to hear. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> they'll change the channel to yeah. these channels. Yeah. And then the rubes are reading it like, yeah, maybe I should be watching those other channels. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so, so weird. It's not, yeah, it's a terrible look for them that they have to compete with these, uh, you know, Russian Sputnik owned, you know, these just very, very shitty little outlets. Um, it is anyway. amazing when you think about the resources, like, like if with just what we have, right, to make this podcast, right? Uh, I've got this studio, I have these lights. Uh, if I instead of having the the fake walls I built with my stuff hanging on them, if I put a green screen behind me, right, be at a Trump rally all the time, right? I, we we could <laughs> produce right if I had the just enough money basically, and and the ability to get an, an airwave. You don't need you don't need anything special. You can start it on YouTube, but it, all you got to do is get a channel. If you can get yourself onto a direct TV channel or whatever. Um, you can have a news network, you know, like OAN or whatever, and you're off and running. I mean, you know, on the left, Democracy Now! is a good example, a very low-budget, um, you know, news organization. I think they're far more credible. Now, they are still extremely slanted, but they are an exceptionally more credible news organ. Like, they, they do actually use facts, which is helpful uh, <laughs> when you're reporting the news. But the same idea, right, for no money. You can have these things, you know, and you can take the advertising dollars and say, hey, we'll give you the same airtime. We have half the audience. We'll charge you an eighth of the price, you know, for the airtime. And you want half the, the audience for an eighth of the price? I'm not great at fractions, but I think that math works out. I'm pretty sure. and a half percent. Yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ed, Joe Walsh, the Republican who was a Tea Partier who ran against Trump in 2020 yeah. for the Republican nomination, he had a quote recently talking about just the, you know, collapse of political media, and he said, "The base today, they don't even know who the fuck George Will is, right. and it's a shame." Right. 
and which is saying you know, something because he was the standard bearer. He was the right. guy for right thirty years. Yeah, That's and crazy. I really just said George Will's name so I could pull up this Kramer quote from Seinfeld. <laughs> Please, uh, they're just talking about who's good looking and. Uh... <laughs> and uh who's smart i think yeah and someone mentioned george will and then uh yeah elaine's like i don't i don't know that he's attractive he's smart but i don't know if he's attractive kramer's like no it's a it's a clean look he's all scrubbed up and shampoo i don't think he's that bright <laughs> Handsome but dumb. That's George Will. <laughs> I love him. And I love, can I just talking say, head on like, a Ken Burns documentary though? That's my favorite George Will. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Like this is my favorite thing, and then I'll I'll uh I'll I'll let this this topic go. But like since we're talking about George Will, like when Bill Crystal and Will Will and all these like avidly supportive bush people like they were very much in the old bush w corner um you know my god george will could have like co-signed the project for a new american century like that's how yes. uh dogged he was about american superiority and uh all that uh, whatever he's george will i don't tell you you, you know you know the reagan read, republican yeah. yeah you've read some of the inane shit he said about communism um he's one of the people that promised that if we turn china capitalistic it would just become a democracy because obviously right. capitalism and democracy are like this um, but to, to watch to watch them like like will was on bill maher like this is like right after trump was elected and bill maher was like just such a fucking fanboy and i was like really okay whatever because he's been doing this for so long fine um and you know george will was a never trumper and he just disparaged him horribly and said terrible things and then he started talking shit about what a horrible president lyndon johnson was and i was like and now we're done like yeah, yeah. they won't give an inch like if they would just give an inch if they would just move a little bit tiny boop to the left just like a tiny then trump would die a much yeah. more kind of even-handed death but they don't want to let go of their ridiculous principles and because of that, like, it kind of goes back to all the things we've been saying tonight. Like, the whole thing's kind of imploding, and it's kind of up to us to make sure that we don't get dragged down with their ship. Like, because they don't know how to stop. They can't. They just don't know what to do. Sean, anything else here before we move on? No, I think that's perfect. Yeah, just don't go down with the ship. Let them talk about the craziest shit ever. And uh, meanwhile, we can talk about real things and real people. <laughs> exactly. All right, the big one. And now, the big one. It reminds me of that I sent you that clip a few weeks ago, Sean. I was watching the Roosevelt's and George Will was talking about Teddy Roosevelt. And right, yeah. It's just like, don't, when we look back on the Roosevelt administration, we should not look back, we should look back with dry eyes. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> a century of war, which the 20th century became. Yeah. Like, oh, damn. Basically blame Teddy Roosevelt for all of the war of the 20th century. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was pretty it was extremely cutting. That's so uh, that's so on brand for him too. Like it's that's like so... it's like these three it's like a three sentence summary of Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And I mean it's it's like watching like an old like ninja master who doesn't move at all and then he just goes boop 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 and the other guy just shits his pants and dies. Like, like it was, it was really yeah. unbelievable yeah. how cutting this commentary was. And I, like, I rewound it, recorded it, and sent it to Sean in a text. And just said, "Fuck, 
Like, yeah. <laughs> but it does make you think, though, because like if that version of conservatism was bunk, right. like, yeah, the, it's a fantasy that socialism is like a threat here. Like, right. just right. Like, right. always about, just like let it go. Like, it's always not, it's not a thing. Yeah. And it's still just going to always be superseded by some other boogeyman. And that's the whole thing. It's like, look, you guys help. You guys keep making boogeymen like right. your your nonsense, like because you refuse to talk about talk about like I would love to like sit down and talk to somebody, not George Will, because I think he's ridiculous. When What kind of conversation could he and I ever possibly have? Because he would just be like, just get rid of all taxes. And I'd be like, I don't think so. Um, But it would be interesting. I always get a charge out of talking to, let's say, uh, conservatives that have a very differing view about let's say free trade than i do like i am not a free trade person at all um i'm like yeah ban tiktok i don't give a shit go ahead do it whatever anyway uh yeah and uh, that's a nuanced thing and i'm planning on writing about it anyway um those are nuanced conversations and i will have them i will have nuanced conversations but the conservative movement has lacked nuance for at least 23 years at least since 9-11 like it really went out the window it got really bad during clinton like the nuance the nuance train left the station during the mid 90s i remember watching it go i was like oh it's just got it's just getting worse now gingrich right yeah yeah so this is like we are i don't know if we're in the end game it's hard to feel it but it is really like i i just feel like we have to just let that horse run away yeah and make sure the rest of us like stay really rational and really active and really engaged because they don't care about anybody else like these people are still at war with now they're at war with each other and nothing is more telling than watching the conservative people like george will feel betrayed by their own because that's not happened in a very long time yeah. They haven't had a schism like this and and not since I've been alive. Yeah. Really. Like I mean not to this extent. There've been little defla- there've been like little um what's his name 1990 uh Clinton Bush and Ross Perot. Ross Perot. Thank you. Yeah. So they Thanks, have him and him they've they've little flashpoints like that but nothing like where they are now. Um yeah. And all they have to do is just say, like, abor- we were wrong about abortion. You know what I mean? It's just one thing. Just, like, say one yeah. thing. And, like, you know, but they won't. Did you guys see that? Sorry to keep stretching out this topic. No, no, that's like, fine. Republican Party, like, the, the list of things they stand for is completely insane. Um, and it has, you know, it didn't happen overnight. But, yeah, did you guys see that thing, I the screenshot I sent you guys in yeah. Slack when I was doing my election research of yeah. 2012? Uh, Obama versus Romney. It had the primary results mm-hmm. on the Republican side before Romney had the nomination. And in Missouri, every single county went for Big Rick Santorum. Big Rick. Unbelievable. <laughs> Rick Santorum. That's so himself. funny. So maybe Rick Santorum is the Rick Santorum of yeah, Missouri. Like and Andrew I just Bailey, know that. This idiot. I bet he thinks he'd be a great president. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, <laughs> it really is. That is, I, I really wish, that, I think I'm going to make that my ringtone. Sean Dillard saying, "Is that the really guy? He really thinks he could be president. Is that crazy? Like that's why I do ringtone for you." All right. Perfect. So the the big one, uh, <laughs> which I derailed, uh, it wasn't your guys' fault. Even I brought it back up. Um, so the big one is about the Proud Boys. Speaking of some failures, uh, they are Rick Santorum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, speaking of Rick Santorum, 
Proud Boy uh, is on trial. <laughs> it's a clean look. Now, now I just feel like I'm doing the news guy uh, from Arrested Development. <laughs> um, so this one is the one with Tario, the guy, you know, the, the big leader of the Proud Boys. Uh, and there's a, a group of them that are on trial right now. Uh, basically, this this popped up because I was, again, doing some scrolling. This was a Guardian piece. Uh, Lawyers for defendants asked judge to schedule emergency hearing and suspend trial. Why? Well, because there's a witness that's going to come up who turns out was a government informant and had been a government informant since January 6th all the way up and until December of 2022 and had not been fully disclosed in this way, uh, had simply been listed that there was a government witness, but they had not fully disclosed to the defense the extent to which this person was a witness. And so the defense is basically trying to uh, get this person to not be able to testify because it's probably really, 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 really bad um, if they were to get to testify. Uh, And they're using some basic... uh, basic arguments that you know they should get to look at this witness and there are some constitutional principles here some some sixth amendment principles here that do come into play um but it is also fairly common for law enforcement to do this kind of thing uh, and it is very common for it's the, the most it's one of the, it's it. one of the most common things that federal law enforcement does right the fbi uses informants all the time yeah, it's like what they're like, the best at i'm not necessarily the biggest fan, by the way, of the way right. the FBI uses informants, because sometimes they can really hose people. And I, I promised that I would be first on the oh, hell no FBI chain well, that, if that's I suspected why I, that I was the case this, here, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's why I added this Intercept article to the show notes uh, that just came out uh, last week as I was like making the show sheet. Um, this one is about uh, in Washington State. It starts, this by Trevor Aronson for The Intercept, starts with, The young woman with long pink hair claimed to be from Washington State. One day during the summer of 2020, she walked into the Chinook Center, a community space for left-wing activists in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and offered to volunteer. Turns out she was an FBI agent, and she's been leading a leader in the Colorado Springs activism community uh, and has helped, like, push things over the edge with violence and things like that. Yeah. you know, And this is one of the things that some of the folks on the right were talking about was, like, what if you know did would january 6th have happened without implanted federal agents forcing people to do these things i think that's probably pushing that's it ridiculous a bit far. Yeah, yeah no absolutely not that's <laughs> completely pushing it far um but listen i i'm very suspicious of of informants right i definitely am and so whatever uh you know th- if they need to exercise motions and if they need to you know um uh, look into this person fine but like the except the and i didn't mean to interrupt you but like the pearl clutching that these assholes are doing yeah during all of these trials particularly because terrio himself was an informant right for a while um and like he's well aware of how this works and they're all just like so disgusting like they're all just like such like fucking sleazebags that like th- there's a part of me and this is gonna sound terrible and you like just call me a hypocrite just like schadenfreude all over my face um that when a piece of shit person on the right, like Terrio, is finally subjected to this kind of stuff that COINTELPRO and all of these horrible programs that completely disemboweled um, black radical 
activism in the 1960s and you know basically just like crushed the left the 70s when i see it happening to someone who actually was planning on like like hanging the vice president of the united states i'm like oh yeah that's terrible like such a shame that it had to happen to you like i don't and it is really like they're like like, but we don't like it when it happens to us (laughs) do that (laughs) stuff to the hippies like don't do it to us yeah sean no yeah it's just yeah it's it's really funny exactly what you're talking about rachel um and like the the righteous indignance this defense lawyer for these people who are trying to overthrow the united states government right in her in one of the uh arguments against this agent being able to testify she says she described what mrs lowe uh ms lowe i guess is the agent's name uh described what lowe had been doing as a surreptitious invasion and right that's not against the law surreptitious doesn't mean illegal or unlawful and right it was an invasion you have a separatist group and the federal government decided to have someone walk into your chat room and then walk into your prayer room and like tough tough beans you right. know like <laughs> exactly. that's why these separatists usually live out in the woods put your phone away and uh yeah go back to your hole if you don't want <laughs> people to infiltrate your organization <laughs> well and that that's a good point though because it is one of those things where the 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 feds will generally monitor but not actively target quiet cells that are simply you know just because they're buying munitions and canned goods doesn't mean that the federal government is going to uh, try to be you know sitting at the dinner table with them but when you're out there sending text messages and emails and using publicly accessible websites and posting like basically YouTube walking videos. down the street with a with a sign over your head that says, sometimes I'm going literally to walking the United down the street government. Yes. like yes yes like right here i'm here i am on facebook like i'm doing it right now yeah they're doing live we're videos doing it. yeah doing of it what right they're going now. to do we're, we're doing a secession <laughs> isn't it cool i'm in the house like they didn't even try to hide themselves it, it was so no. like so when you do something that egregious, ask everyone of color who was investigated after 9-11 for no reason. There were people who were put in prison for no good reason because of FBI informants. Right. That's and the Justice Department just trying to make it look like they're becoming they're like cracking down on terrorism. Right. You've watched all those front lines. They're right. terrible. It was crazy too. That I remember, is, or go ahead. Go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. Just I remember the way that the stories were uh released, like in the newspaper, they'll be like FBI stopped a bomb plot in downtown New York. And it'll be like, yeah, so the FBI first contacted this person six months ago and has been talking to them about this fake bomb plot ever since. And yeah. then they put and the cuffs on him right when he... <laughs> And then, exactly. yeah, and gave him the money and t- like set up the whole, like set up the buy. And then it's just like, you take this case that we're giving you right now and walk it over to that person who's not a real criminal that we also like are impersonating as a criminal. Like, that's not what happened, right? Like, that's not the situation here. And the exceptionalism, because they're all sars- they're all narcissistic sociopaths, these people. Um, and, you know, Tario just sounds like a really, I mean, I don't want to make fun of it because I think he should go to jail for a very long time. And I suspect he's going to. I think he's going to not see daylight for a very long time. Nor should he, by the way. This is, tar- like, jail is for people like him. Exactly. And, yeah. and like... That's what it's for. Prison is for violent, dangerous Especially federal people. federal prison. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
have a good time. Go on. Like, go talk about how much you hate women in a place where you'll never see any. He, he spent right? years preaching about attacking in... the government and then attacked the government. Like, what What did you yeah, think was, was going to happen? It was not hard to find you. And what can happen sometimes, too, is that sometimes people will be arrested for something. Yeah. And then, the, and I don't know if that was this this person, this witness's uh, situation, but uh, if they were like, okay, listen, um, we know who your friends are. We know who you hang out with. They do this too. Uh, we know where you're going. We know why you were going. Uh, I'll tell you what. If you uh, put a microphone on and you agree to uh, communicate and cooperate with field agents who are not far from where you live and you meet with them, here's the phone number. You're going to call them once a week. You're not going to do any time. And they go, okay. And the lawyers like take the, you're an informant now. I'd like. Again, if Terrio didn't like being an if Terrio doesn't like informants, then he shouldn't have been one himself. Yeah. That hypocrite. Speaking of hypocrites. Yeah, and if you have never seen that, you know it's a great illustration. Uh, is it uh, is it big big pussy on Sopranos who becomes an informant? Does he become an informant? I'm trying to remember. I only watch Seinfeld and Arrested Development. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a the really good uh, a really good one that came out recently <laughs> uh about it was from the guys who did the wire it was a follow-up about the cop in baltimore that was running a massive oh. trade. it was like we own the town yeah. or, or something like that yeah we own the city yeah oh, we own oh my this God, city is brilliant and, and it's heartbreaking just, yeah it is heartbreaking just heartbreaking uh, and it's, uh, it's a true good. story and it's a great example of like there yeah. was a there was knowledge that this thing was happening. They were flaunting it. They were doing it in open daylight. And eventually the the powers that be were able to crack in enough and they arrest one guy and the one guy's like, whatever, you ain't got shit. And then they go, no, here, we know everything. And that guy's like, all right, what do you want to know? Like, <laughs> like, which by the way is the right Turning answer. On if you ever yeah. find yourself arrested for an extraordinarily bad thing and you definitely did it and they definitely have the proof, Tell them. Just say, "Am I am I first? All I need to know is, am I the first one?" And if the answer is yes, you're the first one. And if your lawyer says yes, you're the first one, then you should tell them everything. And if you're not the first one, then you should hope that the first one told them nothing, and that you can tell them everything, because the first one to tell them everything <laughs> is the winner. That's how it works. <laughs> That's good. And the second one had better have something the first one didn't tell them and had better be something the first one didn't know. <laughs> I, yeah. Can I just say for a second that like back after, so, you know, sometimes justice moves slowly. Right. And one yes. of the reasons that after nine 11, uh, the Bush administration pushed to sign the Patriot act is because they wanted to get all of that pesky, judicial system stuff right out of the way they just right. wanted to be able to like streamline pun the punishment of quote-unquote enemy combatants and be able to you know pull them off of american shores and well, they were terror loving crazy stuff so yeah so um so that was like part of uh american criminal policy and i was really worried um because Donald Trump had infected uh, D.C. law enforcement, the national law enforcement, the FBI. So, like he really had left his stamp. And I was very concerned after uh, January 6th that the push was going to be towards passing more draconian laws right. to. And I think in a way we're kind of lucky that the Republican Party didn't want this to become a big thing. 
Because you know, if let's say there was a big Black Lives Matter protest in D.C. that got a little bit out of control, like maybe oh. some trash cans get burnt. The party of law and order see, would be on yeah. full oh. effect. Oh, they would be, they would, yeah. They would have been introducing new legislation to increase mandatory minimums for people that are seen carrying a can of Coke near a burning storefront, whatever. Like it would have been bananas, right? Just right. insane. Patriot Act on steroids. But because this was their time to look to, to attack and burn, pillage and destroy and almost kill people, yep. including some of many of their own, um, they downplayed it. So um, all of these people are just going through normal 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 criminal prosecution yep and yep. it just this is how long it takes it takes a few years because you have to gather witnesses and you have to gather testimony and you have to indict people and there are grand juries and blah, blah, all this stuff and now here we are and they're all going to jail i wonder and who's going to of- be the 1000th person to go to jail on these January 6th things. <laughs> that's when I know... cappuccino that's when you get a free cappuccino, right? After the thousandth <laughs> right. after the south the thousandth seditionist is uh convicted, then you yeah. get to but like these are the only people like there's not not all of them are being tried for seditious conspiracy. Right. right. The yeah. Oath Keeper founder, Stuart Rhodes, he was, and these jokers uh also were, which means like I think I think like I think you're, I think these guys are going to probably get more time even than um, than Rhodes did. Yeah, they're all uh, trying to run the same defense. It doesn't look like, you know, they're all trying to run the, yeah. the Trump made me do it defense. And, you know. That don't matter. It, yeah, it's just not going to work. Um, that don't matter. It's right? not going to work. Because it wasn't spontaneous. It was planned. We know there, right. there was a conspiracy that was ongoing for months at a time. Like, it'd be way different. If these people showed up, if all the communication was about people going to Trump's rally and nothing else, it was just one last time to see, you know, it was Elvis Presley in Hawaii, right? They were just going to see him play one last big concert and before he died on the toilet and they were just, that's what was going on. No, right. That's not what happened. But if that's what it was and he gets up there and he's in the middle of, you know, uh, suspicious, uh, suspicious minds and the crowd goes crazy and they start to attack the Beach Boys, uh, you know, then it, it's very specific. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very, what documentary yeah. are you watching? This if I great. was a stand-up comedian, these would be my jokes. You know, right. If that was where it went, that would be way different. Um, but that's not what happened. It's not what happened at all. It was all planned the entire time, so sorry and have fun in federal also, pound me in the ass and also like generally speaking law enforcement is like i don't care who made you do it no they don't, no right it doesn't, no, i don't care that, that before right i don't it doesn't matter <laughs> like i, I understand like uh patty hurst had to go to jail right like yes no it's she the got equivalent in trouble of, i'm in a college town and Every about once every other year or so, uh, I, I'm a city prosecutor, right? So every other year or so, I'll see a case of a parking ticket, and it's a student who was in a loading zone, and they left their car in the loading zone, and they were upstairs too long, right? And they get a parking ticket, and they want to come in and talk about how they were just going in really quick to do this one thing, right? And it's always <laughs> the same excuse, and it's like, yeah, and, That's if, what and you could is. have simply walked an extra <laughs> thirty feet. And not been in the loading zone, you know, if you just parked in the lot right next to the place where you were, you'd have been fine, right? It's just that simple. Like, there is no excuse for it. You did it. You knew you did it. You meant to do it. 
and it, you weren't supposed to do it. So congratulations. Yeah. Play stupid games, and the win excuse stupid prizes. Can't, and the excuse for that can't be, but Donald Trump was in the car with me and he was saying, just park in the loading zone already. Like, right. the, like the judge isn't going to be like, I don't, I don't give a shit. That's not my problem. That yeah, my, my friend told me it was okay. Don't care. That's how Donald Trump has avoided jail for so long, honestly. Right. He's like, by telling everybody to do these illegal things. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work for yeah. the people doing the illegal things. No, that's how the, yeah, the shield only works one way. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the whole, po whole point of shield. All right, well, that'll do it for this uh, part. And uh, thanks, for, thanks for hanging out, guys. This was, I thought it was fun. Yeah, me too. Just because it's an ongoing story. Did you guys hear how Meatball Ron is really slipping in the polls? Like yeah. I predicted? He's way down. Yeah. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com. Online with heartlandpod.com. Subscribe. And please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show. <laughs>